Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 178. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading and first-time listeners, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick and you know me as the editor of techguide.com.au. Well, it's the Star Wars edition of the show this week. The Force Awakens opens in cinemas in a couple of days and we'll be chatting about meeting Harrison Ford at the fan event. We'll also hear from the creators of the BB-8 toy and uh, we'll also be chatting about giving Star Wars newbies the some advice on the right order in which to watch the older movies in preparation for Episode 7. But in the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to be chatting about some great tech gift hints, as well as checking out the camera that can shoot 360-degree videos. We're also going to talk about the new Apple Smart Battery Case, and we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also by Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, it's going to be an incredible week. The opening of The Force Awakens, the latest Star Wars film, Episode 7, for those who aren't up with Star Wars culture. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge fan, some say tragic fan, and I've been looking forward to this for some time. So I thought I'd just chat about all the things that are going on around Star Wars this week, including the fan event that saw Harrison Ford uh, in Sydney. I was actually at the fan event myself down at the Sydney Opera House, and there were so many people there dressed up in costumes, and there were yeah kids and adults and all there to celebrate Star Wars and there were several merchandising areas we're going to talk about BB-8 in a moment and that was one of the hit uh, bits of merchandise you could buy at that event and uh, there were also opportunities to take your photo with BB-8 and and Ray, the the mannequins dressed up in those costumes. There was also uh, a full-size version of Kylo Ren, who's the villain of Episode 7. Uh, Captain Phasma, again, she's uh, she's one of the bad people in uh, in this story. But um, the the I was the star of that show, of course, was none other than Harrison Ford. He was uh, in town to promote the film. Harrison Ford, of course, playing the lovable scoundrel Han Solo in the film. He's back uh, after 30 years, one of the original characters of the Star Wars film, along with Mark Hamill and and uh, and Carrie Fisher, who plays Princess Leia. They return to the film 
which is set 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So uh, true fans have been waiting eagerly for this film. And the, but the thing about this film, too, it's also going to create a lot of interest around the film for people who haven't seen Star Wars before. People are wondering, what's all the fuss about? I haven't seen Star Wars before. I want to jump in and, and, and check it out. We'll talk a little bit later about how they can do that. What's the best order to watch the films? And it's not necessarily uh, in the episode order, but more about that in a moment. But Harrison Ford uh, arrived at the fan event down at the Opera House to a hero's welcome. There were fans everywhere wanting to take selfies with him, shake his hand, get pictures autographed. And uh, I happened to be there myself. Uh, I was right against the barrier taking photos as he walked along. Uh, he, I, I put my hand out to get my, to ha- shake his hand, but he kind of he shook hands with the guy ahead of me and the guy after me. So I, I, was, I missed out on the handshake, but I still got uh, to, to see him up close and also to take his photo, of course, uh, right up close as well. So uh, once he was done with the red carpet, that took about 20 to 25 minutes. He then went up on stage and answered some questions with Jay Lagaya, who's actually uh, starred in Episode 2. He's an Australian actor. You've got to remember Episode 2 and Episode 3, the prequels of the Star Wars films, they were actually filmed right here in Sydney. So there were a lot of Australian talent, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, that starred in those films. But Harrison Ford had a lot of interesting things to say uh, about not only the fact that you know he was really happy to be back in the Star Wars universe once again, great to link up with his former co-stars once again, but he also uh, paid tribute to the new stars of the films, the young, the new young actors who represent obviously the, the next generation of Star Wars. You've got to remember, Episode Seven is the start of a new trilogy. We've had Episode One, Two, Three. We had the original Four, Five, Six. This is an all-new trilogy. The first, which has been produced by Disney, who purchased Lucasfilm uh, about two or three years ago for $4.1 billion. Now, they're tipping The Force Awakens to be the film that actually uh, knocks off Avatar as the world's most, as the most uh, popular, the biggest film of all time. And uh, the merchandising alone, they're predicting, is going to going to add up to about seven billion dollars. So uh, the, the, just just that alone is likely to to uh, get recoup Disney's investment in the franchise. So the film itself, though, of course, we're, we're thinking is going to be hugely successful. And that, as as I said, is likely to hit probably about three billion dollars. I think Avatar's at about two point eight billion worldwide at the box office. Star Wars: The Force Awakens will probably, in my in in my prediction, is it'll hit three billion and knock off Avatar uh, when its run is completed. And th- this is the first of a few Star Wars films that are going to be taking uh, that are going to be filmed. And the there's not only Episode Seven, which is The Force Awakens, but also Episode Eight, which will be released in two years. Episode Nine, two years after that. In the years in between, we're going to see Star Wars Rogue One, which is the story 
behind the theft of the Death Star plans. You remember at the very start of the first Star Wars film in 1977 when Princess Leia had the stolen Death Star plans and she was uh, being pursued by Darth Vader in the Empire. Well, Rogue One is going to tell the story of how these people, these, these rebels, actually stole those plans. So it's, a, it's, it's kind of a prequel to Episode Four. It sort of sneaks in uh, uh, just before that. And then the next film couple of ideas. I think one has been confirmed as a Han Solo film, so it tells the story of Han Solo. And there's other. There's talk of another one about uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi film. So there's no shortage of ideas for the franchise. Uh, incredible how uh, this is just Star Wars has suddenly come back to life again. Uh, and people like myself uh, just being taken back to our childhood, the, the wonder and excitement that we had around the original film. I was nine years old when I saw the original film I feel uh, very nostalgic, I have the same kind of feeling of excitement and, and looking forward to seeing the new films as well uh, it was an interesting day Harrison Ford, just one, one last thing before we finish this segment Harrison Ford had a lot of interesting things to say and one other thing with this kind of non-Star Wars related is that he's confirmed to do another film to do a sequel to Blade Runner, apart from his iconic role as Han Solo and also as Indiana Jones again that could be another film he makes as well but Blade Runner is another signature film of, of Harrison Ford's as well and he confirmed that yes he will begin filming the new Blade Runner film next year sometime uh, that is the fan day and the excitement building for Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens there are plenty of Star Wars story at on the, our Tech Guide site and you can check it out techguide.com.au Tech Guide now Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Okay, now still on the subject of Star Wars, and in particular the new droid, which is BB-8. Now, for those who haven't seen BB-8, you may uh, be living in a cave if you haven't seen this new droid. He's everywhere, or she's everywhere. I think it's a he. BB-8 is this spherical droid, so it's a ball and a dome on top of the ball, and somehow the ball can roll along and the dome stays on top. It's a wonder, and this was obviously created by the prop builders for Episode 7 and operated uh, by puppeteers and special effects artists to, uh, to look realistic in the film. Now, a company that's in existence already is Sphero, and they're, they're creators of ro a robot, ball, a ball-shaped robot. Now, the story is, and I'll let the guys themselves tell the story. I spoke to the Sphero CEO, Paul Barbarian, and also the Sphero co-founder, Ian Bernstein. You're going to hear from them in a moment. They're going to tell you the story of how Disney uh, asked them if they can create, using their own Sphero technology, create the toy version of BB-8, this spherical droid, which looks like a Sphero ball, ball robot anyway. Uh, the dome on top, Sphero knew they could do that. They had the technology and uh, with a chance meeting with Disney and they were assigned to make the BB-8 toy version. So their technology wasn't used in the film. 
but uh, they are, their expertise was called upon to make the toy version, which has absolutely gone blockbuster. It was released in early September and was pounced on by all the fans, including myself. But I think once the film actually comes out, I think it's going to see a whole new wave of popularity as people want to get hold of their own version of BB-8. Here's what Paul and Ian had to say to me earlier. Paul and Ian, thanks for joining me. Well, we're here at the Park Hyatt, uh, a week away from the opening of the highly anticipated Star Wars film, and you guys are actually responsible for one of the stars of the show, BB-8. Tell us all about, tell us what you're doing here. First of all, I just had a chance to meet the little fella. What are you guys doing here? So um, we, we are responsible for the toy version of the BB-8. Um, and the, the real character, of course, is Movie Magic and was built by the prop masters and, and a fantastic creation. But we're here to, to uh, promote uh, our, our toy and to be here for the big uh, Star Wars fan event that's happening tomorrow. Um, and we brought with us a, a, a life-size, like, giant replica of our of our toys so that people can see BB-8 okay. uh, in that experience. So since BB-8, I think it was the first time we saw it was at a fan event in Anaheim. Uh-huh. So was that the BB-8 we've got here today? So was that a... a no, thing? no, that was that was developed by the, the, the Creature Shop. Yep. Um, Neil Scallion okay. and his team uh, built that, and that's kind of like the real... Right. The real, the real droid, and you know we've we've tried to build a really fun experience that all the fans could buy and bring home, and and, uh, and we brought with us a nice, a nice like kind of replica of it, so kids can take pictures of it and have a, a bunch of fun with it. But sure. And Ian, you're you're the Sparrow inventor, yep. so you, you're you're the brains behind this. Can we say what? So how much involvement did you guys have in the actual? Uh, was there any involvement before the filming took place, afterwards? Tell us how, how you've been working with Disney on Star Wars. So we got involved with BB-8 uh, sort of after most of the filming had been done. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we started the, I started the company with my co-founder and got involved with Paul very early in 2010. We released a product called Sphero. Um, we went through a sort of seed accelerator program to get this company started. And in 2010, the first version of Sphero came out in 2011, but um, we ended up going through Techstars again, an accelerator program again, last summer, in the summer of 2014, at Disney. And while we were at Disney, that's when we learned about the BB-8 character. So they, they envisaged this character, and for it to do what it did on the screen, you guys kind of already had a solution for that. So how did they do it for the film, and then, then how did you guys then get involved afterwards? Sure. So... So for the film, I mean, there's some different articles out there on StarWars.com. Uh, they had I think, six or seven different versions of, of the droid that could do different things, like the head would move or the ball would move or there was a puppeteer. Um, and they actually developed a fully working one, the prop shop, after the movie had been done filming. Finally, they could sort of had some time to go back and, uh-huh. uh, and create that. Um, so were you sitting back thinking, I can do that? We can do that. We are already doing that. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> and it was it was kind of uh, random. About five months before we uh, we learned about BB-8. So this was uh, we learned about BB-8. I would say last July. Mm-hmm. Um, so five filming, months filming was already wrapped. It was already done, wasn't it? Right. Okay. But about five months before that, we we ex- we got a, a video from our our factory in China. Um, 
of Sphero with a hat. Uh, we're like, huh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. We tried it in our office, and we were thinking of maybe different accessories that you could put on top of Sphero. Yeah. And then, you know, so we'd already worked on this technology, and, of course, we already had Sphero. And as soon as we saw, you know, Bob Iger showed us a picture of BB-8 while we were in this program, we were just, we were just like, oh, not a hat, a head, got it. <laughs> like, wow. Well, that, that, that was fortuitous, wasn't it? You, you yeah. kind of were on the same page almost, weren't you? So, yep. so now, okay, filming's finished. So now with, with obviously, bb it's a red-hot toy now, uh, and uh, people, the, you can't make them fast enough, I imagine. And what, what's that been like? Uh, it's... It's been uh, absolutely uh, exciting, right? I mean, this is this is what you dream about as an entrepreneur, as someone running your company. Um, you you want to be in a position where the whole world wants your product faster than you can make it, right? That's that's the <laughs> ultimate uh, the experience. So uh, the company has grown quite a bit. We've more than doubled in size since when we started working on the the, the BB-8 app uh, Droid, and. We've uh, started expanding some of our product development capabilities so we can make all of the awesome ideas that Ian and Adam and the entire team has come up with. You know, we now have the resources to go out and actually build all these fantastic new playthings that uh, hopefully come out in the next few years. Yeah. So, so how does it work? So Bob Iger, after filming, you guys met up. So then you agreed to make, well, you know, we can make this to, as, a, as a part of the merchandising drive. So tell us about that. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the first one, I was actually found this picture a couple weeks ago. Right after our meeting with Bob Iger, we, we ran back to our desk and we sketched out what we thought it looked like because we only seen the picture for like four seconds. <laughs> and we, kind of when the rest of the companies had left the accelerator program that night, we, we made one, the very first one, and we ended up sending them some videos that were quite hacked together, you know, iPhone footage, and it wasn't painted or anything because we didn't remember exactly what it looked like. Um, but yeah, I mean, it took about it took about 10 months from when we saw that first one to shipping, you know, actually getting into production for the product, and we wanted to make sure it was really authentic to the one that, you know, was envisioned yeah, for the sure. movie. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you guys, and it was also a, a, a little a thrill to meet BB-8 himself or herself. Is it a he or a she? What have we decided? Uh I personally think uh, he is a he, but okay. that's my that's my opinion. I think uh, the jury's still out, or the fans are going to have to vote on it. Yeah, well, I suppose the uh, the selling point here is that if you buy your own BB-8, it's up to you whether you want it to be a yeah, boy or a girl. Is that right? That's, that's a good that's a good point. You can name your BB-8 <laughs> or call out, call him or her whatever you wish. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate your time, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, it was thanks. a pleasure. Okay, now this is our last Star Wars story. We're going to get back onto the tech in a moment. But a lot of people who know that I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan, that I know a lot about Star Wars, have come to me asking, look, I haven't really seen Star Wars before that. I can't believe anyway. But better late than never. People have, uh, have approached me and asked, look, I want to watch the movies. I want to sit down with my kids. My kids are keen to see because I want to take them to see Episode 7. What do we do? How do we watch them? What order do we watch them? Do we go Episode 1 through to 6? How do we do it? What's the best way to do it? Well, I've written a little story on Tech Guide about this. My thoughts on how to view Star Wars before diving into Episode 7. Now, my advice is this. What order do you watch the movies? My advice is if you are going to watch them before Episode 7, is watch the movies in the order they were made. 
In other words, watch the original trilogy first. So, Episode 4, which is A New Hope. Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. Now, you could very well just watch those three films and then be able to understand and appreciate the, uh, the Episode 7, which takes place 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. And... If you wanted to, there is no real need to even watch the prequels right now. If you want to go back and watch the prequels, they tell the backstories of how Darth Vader became Darth Vader, the story of the how the Empire was formed, how the Rebellion was formed, how the Emperor took, took up his, his position of power. All these backstory elements do tick a lot of the boxes and fill in a few of the blanks, but it's not really vital, not really necessary to appreciate Episode 7. Now, the prequels were very much maligned by even true fans. The, the, you know, while they had great special effects and made a brilliant production value, there were some characters that were irritating. Uh, I'm talking about talking to you, Jar Jar Binks. There was some pretty, pretty average dialogue and some pretty wooden performances in there as well. Uh, take all those out. You still got some three exciting movies and really interesting history of the Star Wars universe and how it became, how it got to the events of Episode Four and and onward. So. Uh, take the good with the bad there. You know, as Star Wars fans, I, I, I quite enjoy the prequels. They get better every time I watch them. I do forgive some of those clangers in there that, that really kind of make me roll my eyes and think, wow, that's pretty average. But all in all, still good value to watch. But in terms of getting ready for Episode 7, stick with the original trilogy, Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 6, before you dive into Episode 7 in the theatres. And it kicks off at midnight on th- on Wednesday night into Thursday. So 12.01am Thursday, midnight, Wednesday to Thursday. They're the first screenings. I'm actually lucky enough to go to a screening on Wednesday night at 7. So five hours before it's shown to the public. That's a media screening. And I cannot wait. I'll be watching it again the next day, twice the next day on the opening day. And I'll uh, give you my thoughts next week. But if you want to read more about Star Wars, uh, that little guide for Star Wars newbies, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can protect your devices and keep you and your family safe online. Today, we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The dedicated team at Norton is keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. It also comes with secure PC cloud backup, so you can back up and save your personal files, photos, videos, and all your other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security Premium and how to protect your online life, check out au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. 
Okay, kicking off the reviews, rather than reviewing one thing, I just want to sort of go over a few things. If you haven't already noticed on Tech Guide, I've started our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas. So each day we're talking about a new category and giving you some ideas on products to suit different people, uh, to help make it easy for you to find the right gift for that special person. Now, we've spoken, we've, we've got six days worth of categories, and those categories are smartphones on day one, cameras we did on day two. Day three was wearables and activity trackers, very popular products, those. Day four was tablets. Day five was wireless speakers. And day six, which we're up to right now, are gadgets. And they're those products that don't quite fit in one category, but uh, some fit in two categories, but they're not really defined by one. And by that, I mean the products I've talked about are, for example, the DJI Phantom 3 drone, the BB-8 toy from Sphero, which we spoke about earlier, the Dyson, the V6 Absolute vacuum cleaner, the cordless vacuum cleaner, the Zuma hoverboard. Hoverboards have been in the news a lot lately, and at when I wrote that, that review about Zuma, the company 3Volve, our mates up there in Brisbane, they did tell me that, yes, there are cheaper alternatives out there, but they take the trouble to to adapt these devices for the Australian customer. And by that, I mean Australian charges, after-sale service, uh, improved electronics on board, better balance, better performance. And yes, they, are, they cost slightly more, but you know what? You've got peace of mind. Now, there's plenty of stories out there. You've probably heard about the El Cheapo hoverboards bought off eBay straight out of the Chinese factories that are catching fire, failing after a couple of months and really not giving you the value and the performance that you're after. So it is worth spending a little bit more. Zoomar is one product that we have reviewed ourselves and have compared it to an off-the-shelf El Cheapo model, and the Zoomar was by far the better device is worth the extra money, whether it's a Zoomar or the Skywalker or the, the Revo Glider. They seem to be the three reputable brands, so stick with those. Don't be tempted to to buy something really cheap off eBay. You might save a couple of hundred bucks, but at the end of the day, you may end up with a lemon. So be careful about that. The other things we've covered, uh, you know, e-readers, Kindle Voyage. That's a, a, the latest Kindle that is out there too. Anyone that you know who loves reading, well worth a look at that. On the smartphone side, we did speak about a couple of devices there. One in particular, the Alcatel OneTouch Idle 3. 379 bucks. I think as as good a phone as those top tier devices for a third of the price. Uh, it has a, an adaptable screen, so no matter how you pull it out of your pocket, the screen will adapt with you. It, it, there's no such thing as upside down with that phone. Uh, in the camera reviews, we've of course included the GoPros, the the, the GoPro Hero 4 Sessions. Uh, of course, there's the Hero 4 Black that's out there too. We've spoken about a Canon PowerShot SX710HS, the Sony action camera uh, and as well as uh, links to a few of our Lumix reviews the uh, and other photography accessories like the low pro bags the uh, Epson EcoTank printer and the Olo clip lens for iPhone so it turns your iPhone into an even better camera with a lens you can clip over the top uh, next up we spoke about tablets now that this is another popular category and all kinds of tablets are available now right from Surface Pro 4, which has just been released and have reviewed and included in our gift ideas guide. But there's also the iPad Pro, the 12.9-inch iPad, the big iPad. 
We've also looked at the Samsung Galaxy Tab S2. The Super AMOLED screen is a real standout. And also the Sony Xperia Z4 tablet. So you can check those out in our tablet story. Uh, Day five, we spoke about speakers. Now, speakers are a very popular category this Christmas. They have been all year. Uh, The wireless speakers and multi-room speakers, plenty of them out there. In our wrap-up of our speakers, we looked at the UE Boom 2 cool waterproof Bluetooth speaker, the Sonos Play 5, of course, the multi-room speaker that has just gone uh, good, has got already good, is even better somehow, uh, the Sonos Play 5. We checked out the BenQ Travolo Bluetooth speaker. Bose, of course, their SoundTouch 10, the latest in their SoundTouch family of products. Braven, the BRVX Bluetooth speakers uh, are also the ones we looked at. And in the gadgets, which we've already mentioned, day six, uh, we've already gone through those. Now, coming up in uh, on Tech Guide, you, you're going to be uh, hearing about gaming, uh, gaming gifts, uh, games, and accessories. We're going to talk smart watches on day eight, uh, TVs and TVs uh, and Blu-ray discs as well on day nine. So some new TVs and also some Blu-rays that you can enjoy on them. Day ten, we're looking at computers and computer accessories. Day eleven, a sports gadget, so GPSs, uh, all those kinds of uh, health devices. Uh, so sports watches as well. Day 12, our last day, we're going to wrap it up with headphones and earphones. But if you want to check out all of those uh, 12 days of gift ideas, you can find them all at techguide.com.au. Now, one of the devices that we've been testing is an amazing product. It's called the 360 Fly. Now, this is an action camera, but an action camera like no other that we've seen. As with traditional action cameras, you can point them in one direction, either out to what you can see or back to yourself to so you can be filmed doing what you want to film. But you need to choose one angle. Well, the difference with the 360 Fly is you don't have to choose an angle because guess what? You get all of the angles. It shoots 360-degree videos. So you could position the camera, and it will capture everything that's going on around it. So you can film what's in front of you, beside you, behind you, next to you, all at the same time using one camera. There have been attempts to do this with putting 8 or 10 or 12 GoPros and stitching it all together, Not so with the 360 Fly. It's one product that can shoot everything. It's got this special dome lens that has a 360-degree field of vision. You know, some cameras have got a 170-degree or 180-degree field of vision. Well, imagine a camera that's got a 360-degree field of vision. That is the 360 Fly. To test it out, we popped it on the front of our kayak. That is me paddling on uh, uh, from Rose Bay all the way to Watson's Bay on a beautiful sunny day in Sydney. And you'll see from the video that I've shared is that when you're watching the video, the resulting video of the 360 Fly, and look, it isn't quite full HD. It's below HD quality. Uh, So for those who want to shoot 4K quality, full HD quality, you're not going to get that with a 360 Fly. So you probably need a GoPro or any of these other action cameras to achieve that kind of quality. 
What you're going to get with the 360 Fly is this brilliant 360-degree view. Uh, the, the resolution is 1508 by 1504 by 1504. So that's the full 360 degrees. That's how many pixels take it all the way around. So the, you're not going to get that high quality, but the quality is still good. It's still good enough to appreciate on your devices and on your computers, on YouTube, wherever you want to share it. Uh, what you can do, though, the beauty of watching back your 360 Fly video is you can actually switch the camera around. While you're pressing play, you can just swing the camera around and think, okay, what's happening in front of me? What's happening beside? What's happening over there? You can do that yourself. You can also record clips and show people. So you can have a recording of your clip where you are actually moving the view so that other people can appreciate the 360-degree effect uh, when they're when you're watching it on YouTube or sharing it on Facebook or wherever you want to do. So you can actually be the guide and set up those different camera movements and record all of that and share that video. Uh, so the the device itself is a it's a ball shaped camera, bigger than a golf ball, smaller than a tennis ball. So it's sort of in between those sizes. It does come with its own set of mounts, and those mounts though are compatible with a tripod. They're also compatible with a GoPro with GoPro mounts. And you'll see from my picture on Tech Guide, I've actually used a GoPro mount on the front of my kayak. You'll notice right there, there is a picture of it sitting on the front of the kayak. Now, the video that you see is me paddling, and me I then turn the camera around just to show or the 360 degree view that you uh, that you see the uh, the woman who's uh, who's on a paddleboard next to me is actually my wife. Uh, we went paddling together, and I used the this, this occasion to film this video with the 360 fly. Now, as I said, this isn't 4K quality, not HD quality, nowhere near that. It is still good enough, though, to appreciate. The, the video quality is still quite impressive, and I think the fact that you are viewing 360-degree video, uh, you'll soon forget uh, the quality. You'll appreciate that 360-degree view. So while it gives with one hand the whole 360-degree video, it kind of takes away with the other hand. You, the quality is not quite up to the GoPro standard. Uh, there is a 32-gig internal memory, and from that you're going to get two hours of recording, and the battery battery can last that whole time as well, which is very impressive. Batteries on action cameras really don't last that long. You can film. I film for 90 minutes straight. What it does is it divides it in 10-minute clips so you can download snippets uh, from the device when you pair the uh, the app on your smartphone to the camera. Uh, that ran uh, for 90 minutes. There's no expandable micro SD card slot. The onboard 32-gig memory uh, is there to uh, for you to record your videos. Now, one other thing you need to uh, you, you actually you can do, before I talk about price, you can actually view the videos with Google Cardboard. Uh, if anyone knows what I mean, that little VR device. If you actually got you got a VR device like a Samsung VR, you can pop the your, your smartphone in, hit the Google Cardboard mode, and you can actually rather than you moving the camera around with your finger or just moving the phone using the accelerometer, you can use your VR headset to actually look around 360 degrees to see it, and that's another way you can view and appreciate that video. Now, the price, it ain't cheap. It's $649.95, but you have to remember... To achieve what this can achieve, you probably, if you wanted to use normal cameras, you probably have to buy five or six of them to achieve what it what it does. Uh, so that's going to cost a way more than six hundred and forty nine bucks. 
That's the recommended retail price. It may be cheaper in the stores, but you've got to remember what it can give you, 360-degree video, and it can be used anywhere. You can use it on your holidays. You can use it when you're doing all your action thing. You maybe die jumping out of a plane. You might want to have this on your helmet or have it on the front of your surfboard or kayak or wherever. Uh, you could use this uh, on holidays. You could also use it in a board meeting. Imagine sitting in the camera in a board meeting. Everyone's around the table. Everyone gets filmed at the same time. You can hear what everyone's saying. And it's a great way to record, rather than having to record the minutes of a meeting, you can actually record the whole meeting. And everyone can be seen, everyone can be heard as well. The 360 Fly, very a unique camera that can shoot 360-degree videos. If you want to read my complete review and watch me paddling on Sydney Harbour, you can check out my review at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Now, Apple last week released a battery case, a smart battery case for the iPhone. Now, uh, this is a, a, an interesting move from Apple. It kind of, it kind of uh, is a way that Apple's admitting that, yeah, uh, the battery, uh, some people aren't getting enough power, aren't getting enough use out of that single charge. Here's a case that's got a little battery tucked away that can extend the battery life of your iPhone 6. Uh, it's not available for any other device. It's just available for the 6 and the 6S. So that's the 4.7-inch iPhone. There is not a, a version for the iPhone 6S, uh, 6S Plus, or, or the iPhone 6 Plus. So um, reasoning behind that, I assume, is that these are bigger devices with bigger batteries and they last longer. I know mine does. I've got the 6S Plus. My battery lasts a day and a half easily. Uh, the 6 is a little bit smaller, hence the reason the battery is not that big and hence the reason why Apple decided that it may uh, be benefit from having this smart case. Now, the case itself looks like Apple's silicon case. The difference being there is a hump in the back of the case, this subtle little lump in the back there. That is the new battery. The battery is around 1,900 milliamp hours in capacity. And what that does, that will provide not quite a complete recharge. You'll probably get three quarters of the battery back again, but it will get you out of trouble if you're low on battery and you won't have a chance to sit by a charger or be in your car or be anywhere near a power point. This can charge you up on the run. It's available in two colors, in charcoal gray and in white. And interestingly, too, uh, there is a lightning connector on the bottom of the case, so you can charge not only the phone, but also the battery within the case at the same time. Now, that is another, and that's a major difference from the other smartphone battery cases, and there's a few of them. They've been out for a couple of years. Uh, these other cases, which use a micro USB cable, usually have to charge the phone first and then the case. So it takes, if you've got a dead phone in the dead case, you're going to have to charge one, then the other. Uh, but in the case of the smartphone case from Apple, it actually charges both at the same time. So you're going to save some time there. It's going to be able to power both up, charge both the battery and the iPhone inside it at the same time. The Apple Smart Battery Case, priced at $165. It's available now. And if you want to check out our review, you can find it at techguide.com.au.
The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And Netgear has come up with the new Nighthawk X4S AC2600 Wi-Fi ADSL VDSL modem router. It's perfect for connected Aussie homes. Netgear's latest addition to the Nighthawk family is a cracker. It's a high-performance piece of kit specifically built for streaming, for gaming, and connected homes with lots of devices. The Nighthawk X4S or D7800 will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 2600 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connection. VDSL connection is being used in the NBN rollout, so you are future-proof with this device. It's the first motor router on the market to support the latest Wave 2 Wi-Fi technology with quad stream on both bands and multi-user MIMO capability. That's multiple in, multiple out capability. Capability. This means maximizing connection speeds for faster streaming, faster gaming, and less buffering. So if your household loves streaming Netflix, loves online gaming, and has multiple devices, check out the new Nighthawk X4S Wi-Fi modem router from Netgear. Search D7800 at netgear.com.au. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide help desk, we had an interesting question from our reader, an email from Dan. And if you want to send in a question, you may also be on the the Tech Guide help desk. Our address is info at techguide.com.au. That's what Dan did. He sent us in an email. He was asking about sound bars. Now, these are a very popular item if you've already got a flat screen TV and you're not quite happy with the sound. Problem with really thin TVs means is that the speakers are also thinner and smaller and are not necessarily uh, offering the best quality. Here's where the soundbar comes into it. So if you add a soundbar to your flat screen TV, you're suddenly going to get an enhanced audio performance. Now, let's face it, the screen might look terrific, but if you're getting rubbish sound, it's not going to really be the best experience. Now, a soundbar can be the solution to that problem. Now, the question Dan asked me, I was speaking about these on 2GB uh, last Wednesday, and you can tune in every Wednesday, by the way, at about 2.20 if you want to hear me on uh, to talk about the latest tech. And also call in and ask me a question. You can do that live. Or you can record a voice bite using our voice bite app. Record your voice bite, 15-second question with the hashtag 2GB Tech. And that will be guaranteed for you to go or get on the program. But these soundbars, yes, that was one of the questions that I was asked about. And the question that Dan asked me on the email was that, can I get something decent without spending a, a fortune? And the answer to that is yes. The good news is soundbars, if you want a 2.1 channel soundbar, so that's left and right speakers, so left and right directional speakers and a subwoofer, you can buy them for uh, for under $200. Uh, and, and you can also, of course, go up to uh, $1,000 if you wanted to. You get more power, bigger subwoofer, possibly rear speakers, virtual surround sound. So as you spend more money, there are additional features that you get as well. But I'd recommend if you're looking for an entry-level speaker, I would, while the 199 speaker and subwoofer is okay, if you spend, say, $100 more, you'll get a much better speaker. So as much as you can afford, 
pour it into that sound bar. If you can afford another 100 or $200, you are going to get something really special. And even if you're adding a little more, you're getting a lot better quality. It's worth keeping in mind. But nevertheless, even those 199 sound bars are going to see, you are going to hear, I should say, an improvement over the thin TV speakers as well, those flimsy speakers, tinny speakers that uh, you may not be satisfied with. A sound bar could be the solution to those problems. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And as I said earlier, if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also to our friends at Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week for episode 179. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.